You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, hi, and welcome to all of you. Welcome to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is Monday Football Monday, the show that gets the SB Nation NFL show started every single, that's right, you guessed it, Monday. You can watch along with us every single Monday on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, and you can, of course, listen on the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcast. Search for us, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys.com, where we cover the Dallas Cowboys normally with myself and Rachel, uh, Rachel Prevet, our fantastic producer, uh, one of our many MF double MVP winners here on Monday Football Monday, is Pete Sweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. But Pete is out, which means I have brought in another one of my regular co hosts from the NFC East mixtape. Uh, we are a trio that you can hear over there myself, BLG, and Rachel. It is Brandon Lee Gowden from SB Nation's BleedingGreenNation.com. You can also hear him on the SB Nation NFL show on some little cute project that happens, I think, on Fridays or something around here. BLG, happy Monday to you, sir. Welcome to the big leagues. Uh, RJ, you must be so excited to have your favorite co-host with you on a Monday as opposed to Tuesday when we reg- regularly record the NFC East mixtape. I have a shout-out to get out of the way uh, at the beginning of the show. It's my dad's birthday, so happy birthday, Dad. Hey, happy birthday, Doug. Uh, great guy. Obviously, I love my parents very much, so uh, I know they'll be listening to this, so I want to give them a shout-out at the top. Wow. I actually uh, – this is not a joke. I sent your dad an email uh, this morning, and so, uh, like, again, seriously, not a joke. Like, for anyone too much for my comfort. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like who, who hears uh, BLG and I talk? Um, uh, it was a different thing. Uh, so Mr. Gowden, I did not know that. So a happy birthday to you. Please accept my sincere apologies for not knowing when I sent the email. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, my pen pal, Doug Gowden, happy birthday to you. Uh, welcome BLG. I just realized as you were talking that I forgot to put cream in my coffee. So it's going to be one of those shows. Um, but Pete is out. He was in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I think that's where they left the mattress or somebody took the mattress or something, at least according to the chain smokers. Uh, but either way, uh, today, Brandon, we are going to get into needs for certain teams that exist in our current moment, but that did not exist 
when the offseason began. So holes that teams have dug for themselves over the course of the offseason, whether they were fair, whether they were dumb, whether they were right, whether they were wrong. Obviously, we have all of the answers uh, that are necessary. Do you understand the rules to the game? More importantly, do you understand that MF double MVP is at stake as it is every single Monday football? Yeah, the award that you made up so you could get yourself awards. Mm. Yes, I understand that. that I actually don't really care about it. I have never (laughs) voted for myself. I don't Uh, care. Okay, he voted can't. for himself last Ooh, week, so, so I look. I when I have won it, I have won it naturally, and I'm <laughs> I'm fine with that. Like I'm all about the best person winning the award. It's the MF double MVP. I don't care who wins it. All right. I mean, I just I like the fact that somebody gets to feel special at the end of our show. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to accomplish. What award is more made up, whatever this is, or the Masters? How dare you? Anyway, let's start first. You are the guest, so I'll let you go first, Brandon. What is a need on a team that did not exist at the beginning of this offseason? Well, I do have a question for you that I guess we can get mm-hmm. to later. I want to know the genesis because there, there had to be a very specific thing I'm thinking of that made you think of this idea. So I want to know that at some point. Maybe you can lead off yours with that. But I will lead off mine with one that I think is obvious, and it's the first thing that came to mind on the sheet, the prep sheet that I wrote down, RJ. And that's the Green Bay Packers finding a wide receiver because how many of us thought that Devontae Adams was not going to be on the Packers this season when you have an all-in kind of window, especially, you know, given that Aaron Rodgers actually came back. Like, how crazy is it that, okay, you have this win-now player on the franchise tag, mind you, like, like on a deal that you guaranteed get him back. So, okay, let's say even worst case scenario, you don't get him long-term, whatever. You have him this season, which you need, and obviously maybe he wasn't going to play on the tag or whatever. But still, uh, you look at the Packers' depth chart right now. RJ, can you tell me their top three receivers? Um, Alan Lazard. Yep. Um, former Jake Ca- Kumaro. Former Cowboy. Randall Cobb. Uh-huh. The great Randall Cobb. Um. <laughs> And, and there's no way you're going to uh, get the third one. No, MVS is gone. Yes. Um, Juwan, Winfrey, I mean, I would. Who has eight career receptions over three years. And then other guys are on the depth chart there, like Malik Taylor, Rico Gafford, Chris Blair. Like those are Aaron Rodgers' top receiving options right now. And I know Aaron Rodgers can be really good, kind of regardless of who he has at receiver. But again, you're like in this all in kind of mode. Like those can't be your top three receivers. I also think, you know, there was like a brief little window where it was like Aaron is such a great guy like where everything from the past year like you know sort of melted away and it was like Aaron is so awesome he's returned to the Packers never mind the fact that he like openly publicly effectively like mentally cheated on us with the Denver Broncos over and over and over again and used us as leverage to get this big massive new contract even though it's it's all about the team Aaron doesn't care about himself no way no how that's never been the case and then it just is this matter of like oh well Devontae's gone now like and I think every Packers fan would prefer to have Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Devontae Adams if you can only have one of the two uh but yeah I mean is there any question I've said this before like Devontae is the best receiver that Aaron's ever played with right yeah uh who else would it be I mean you're, you're like who else is I mean the running? The, like Nelson Greg Jennings mm-hmm. like maybe at his peak was maybe the best but I mean Jordy I think got like Aaron got the most out of but sure. that's a different question you know what I mean um but yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, this is supposed to be this time where you're like all in running it back, whatever the last dance, stupid Instagram story stuff, whatever. And now Devonte has gone. Like, what's that say about you, bro? You know, do you buy that? It's like this Aaron's kind of sticky to work with, dude, or, or this like culture is all Aaron all the time. And Devonte's just like, you know, man, I'm not about that life. Um, Maybe part of it. I don't think the only reason, obviously, I do think the Derek Carr 
factor is like significant. That seems to be something that always they wanted to do. And obviously the contract is ultimately the biggest thing. Money is the biggest motivator. So that's, you know, there's a lot of different factors there. Um, but I think like it's not enough for me that, okay, the Packers got a first round pick back and now they can draft a receiver. Like, second round pick too oh yeah but also that but like you don't know if one of these rookie receivers is going to come in and be able to like make a big difference i feel like you have and again short-term window you need someone who can help now that's why when i think it was stats and you were talking about how pat mcafee mentioned something big is going to happen for green bay on draft night or whatever and i almost wonder if they're going to be the team that swings a trade for dk metcalf or aj brown um because they they have to get someone more proven in here they they have to but will they i mean like what like what, what what is the last like big move the packers pulled off like it's not like a franchise that's known for big moves like you know mm. like maybe i don't know drafting jordan love <laughs> like that's you know that's kind of it really i i can't give you right yeah a great example yeah um okay so uh, the Packers need a wide receiver. That is, uh, that's a good answer. Self-made hole, self-dug hole. Um, you asked what the genesis for the idea was for me. It's another team that needs a wide receiver. I'm sure you thought that when you were wondering or pontificating as to what the genesis was. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys were connected to Devontae Parker, who wound up in New England, obviously. And there was all this chatter like, well, the Cowboys need a wide receiver. I wonder why. I, I, I wonder why and how the Cowboys all of a sudden are in need of a wide receiver. And it's because they traded Amari Cooper. We do mock drafts every Monday on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Uh, the very first one we did, we had Chris Olave as the team selection actually a little peek behind the curtain as uh as as we are in our current moment in time the dallas cowboys are on the clock in our sb nation community mock draft i need to get to that i got a big to-do list today um and so i don't know who i'm going to take i know that you took one for the eagles right am i correct i, I think did. you took chris olave is that correct that is no spoilers, correct. but um anyway uh so chris olave obviously an option for dallas but yeah they dug that hole i mean and i think that you could play this game with several different teams i mean dallas dug the hole Green Bay dug the hole. Kansas City dug the hole. It's just interesting that all these teams seem to feel confident that they can get somebody. I mean, the Cowboys didn't even get the draft capital that the Packers or Chiefs got, but that they could just find someone to replace these dudes. I mean, like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and to a lesser degree, Amari Cooper are not just easily replaceable players, but all these teams seem to feel like they are. The only team who seems to feel like their receiver isn't replaceable is the Buffalo Bills, giving Stephon Diggs a new deal. Isn't it kind of funny how the wide receiver market really exploded this offseason and the Cowboys were like, no, we're paying our guy too much, even though it's less than what everyone else is getting now. And it's like, you know what? We can't pay Amari Cooper this, but you know, the Jaguars can play pay Kristen Kirk $18 million a year. That's fine. Um well they can do that because they have Trevor Lawrence on a rookie contract, which the Cowboys should have realized when they had Dak Prescott on the rookie contract of all rookie contracts, but they didn't realize that at the time either. So I mean, you know, let's drag the Cowboys. I'm all for it, but you know. It's not apples to apples, but I'm just saying it's kind of funny that like that was the justification. And meanwhile, all these other teams are just spending crazy money on receivers. And you look at how the Cowboys faltered down the stretch last year. And I think it was probably it was like their offense, right? The offense wasn't what it was supposed to be. And it's like you didn't make it better by getting rid of Amari Cooper. Well, and not only that, but I mean, the Cowboys have also lost other offensive starters, which isn't really the case for the the Packers or the Chiefs, right? Like they got rid of their top wide receiver, but or receivers, but the Cowboys also cut Lyle Collins, their starting right tackle. They also let Connor Williams, their starting left guard, walk in free agency to the Miami Dolphins. And so like, you know, you only have one first round pick. Like they're not like, you know, the Chiefs and Packers now have multiple ones, but the, the Cowboys only have one. So it's like you can only spin this in one particular place. Um, 
it, it's it's dumb. It is what it is, but you know, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic these days, uh, but people can learn about that uh, as it relates to the NFC East on the NFC East mixtape every single Wednesday, which you can hear on any of the four SB Nation blogs that cover, of course, the NFC East teams. BLG, do you have another one? We've got Cowboys, Packers, and sort of Chiefs um, now needing wide receiver when they didn't when the offseason began. Well, I have another team that needs a wide receiver, and sorry for being boring with all this selection there, but it kind of speaks to, I guess, the state of that position, and hey, maybe why these guys are getting paid so much, because there is a need around the league, and I think an obvious answer for this exercise would be the fact that Calvin Ridley got suspended for an entire season. Very different. Yeah, very different circumstance. But is that even the top need for the Falcons? Like, because, like, he is theoretically coming back. Is he not? Like, isn't he now, like, on some sort of, not again, not that these are the same things, but isn't he on some sort of, like, Josh Gordon, you know, like, path where he'll come back and play and, like, there'll be this, like, this, you know, breaking news alert, like, in March of next year. It's like Calvin Ridley's been reinstated at the NFL. Like, he's still an option for them, just not into here and now. I don't know. And to be more specific about what they need, as opposed to the Packers, who I think need a short-term receiver, the Falcons need a long-term receiver because they really don't have that. And I don't know that Calvin Ridley is that, especially because I know his contract tolls over to next season, but it seems like the bridge might be burned there, especially given the suspension and everything. I don't know that they even want to, they might just want to like wash their hands clean and be like, we don't, we we don't want to do this. Like, He's gonna be. He's gonna draw a big money contract. Did they really want to be the team to give that to him? I don't know. Um, and even if they do, I mean, they still need more because their current receivers are Auden Tate, who has 189 yards combined the past two years. Uh, you know, couldn't crack the lineup for the Bengals, who obviously had some really good receiving options. And I actually think he's worth a flyer, but might be nothing. Uh, Ola, how do you say this name, RJ? Olamidi Zacchaeus. Can't even say his name. Uh, 265 yards per season average over three years. And then Demir Bird, who is 29 and averages 236.8 yards per season. Those are their top three wide receivers right now. And that's fine for this year because they're not seriously contending. But like, are any of these guys really long-term pieces? Do they have a long-term receiver? And obviously, Cordero Patterson is there, but like not an actual wide receiver and also on a one-year deal and also older. Also, not an actual wide receiver, but Kyle Pitts. Like, that's their dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's sure. their passing game. And, like, but it's not exactly a good thing if your best wide receivers are not actually wide receivers <laughs> and Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. Um, yeah, the Falcons have really just, like, man, in the blink of an eye. And again, the Calvin Ridley thing is that's the truly, like, that, like, these other situations are, are self dug holes, right? Like, they're, you know, self induced problems, so to speak. This is not, um, this is, this is on Calvin Ridley, obviously, but, and you can, we can debate, like, the, like merits of how true that is or whatever you know relative to like hypocrisy in the nfl and stuff like that but again as far as like those quote-unquote like crime for lack of a better word that's on calvin ridley not on the team trading him away um although obviously they might they might have traded him away i know you wrote about that at bleeding green nation if this had never happened um and then they would have like been in this conversation the same with these as these other teams but yeah i mean if you're a falcons fan like you know those like popular videos of like people putting down the jerseys like on the bed or whatever like players that have left like in the blink of an eye julio ryan ridley gone like you're just like it's it's you got to hold your franchise players tight sometimes. You know what I mean? The memories, they don't last forever. A self-dug hole is what would happen if you gave my dad a shovel. Nice. His name is Doug, so that's why BLG said that. Um, okay, uh, next one. This is the lowest of low-hanging fruit, uh, but the Seattle Seahawks need a quarterback. I wonder why. Uh, Russell hmm. Wilson, um, gone. Um, you, maybe they don't need a quarterback. You don't break out the impression here enough on the on the Monday Football Monday podcast. I think you need to expose the audience to this a little bit. I don't think you do it enough so, here. 
our NFC's mixtape audience gets this a lot, but um, I do do a fantastic Russell Wilson impersonation. Um, so okay, here we go. Do you want to talk about him? Like you know, uh, like no, 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 in, I got him this. in the context of like the Seahawks needing a new quarterback. I got this. So, you know, Brandon, the, you know the Seahawks. We we had some great times, and I just you know I I had to move into a different direction because I'm seeking a championship, and you know I I want to be I want to be with the best, you know Peyton. Brady, Montana, Aikman. I mean, you know, I, I want Wilson there, and you know, it's just sometimes you have to move on, and you know that that's the chapter that that I'm on, and and that's that's the ride that I'm on. That, that Broncos country, that's right. Um, but you know, the, the Seahawks, they'll they'll be fine. They got a great coach, Pete Carroll. They, they got a great wide receiver, great actually two great wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Love those guys, incredible. I mean, um, you know, that, that defense. I mean, you know, man, it's, it's just the le- the Legion of Boom. I mean, you know, it's still, so it's, it was, it was, it's it's all it's always it's, in some ways it's always the Legion. The Legion is it's a perpetual state of mind, and um, and so you know they'll, they'll be back. I mean, you know, we'll we'll play them this year, and you know. It, would be a great game for me and you know it'd be different if it's first first time i play that team you know i've i always wanted to to, to, to be every team in the nfl and it didn't, didn't think it happened this way but um but yeah i mean they'll be fine i mean drew lock he, he's he's an outstanding quarterback i mean he sucks and that's why i'm here but i mean like he, he's an out, he's he's so good and you know he, he's just what they need i you know Pete Carroll, he's a great ball coach i mean he's a super bowl champion i mean you know and then you know those don't grow on trees and so um you know i i think seattle will be just fine broncos country that's right <laughs> I think the Seahawks are in a bad way. I mean, do the Seahawks not have the worst starting quarterback in the NFC right now? Would you rather have Drew Locke or Sam Darnold? Because those are the bottom two, right? I'd rather have Drew Locke. Wow. Uh, I mean, but only because, like, it's a little bit... It's pretty close. More unknown. Just, it's a little bit more unknown. And, like, if I could, like, you incorrectly said that you would rather have um, Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick over Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott last year. I would rather, even though Pete Carroll doesn't even trust his quarterbacks to throw the ball, even if they are Russell Wilson, um, I would rather have Pete Carroll as is a general philosophy and Drew Locke than Matt Rule and Sam Darnold. I actually think that Matt Rule might be the lesser of the two variables in that partnership. Sam Darnold is actually younger than Drew Locke. Not that, whatever. Not a huge difference, but kind of Kind of not a lot of upside there, probably for either guy. Um, yeah, the Seahawks are in a weird way. They're in the they're in the worst hole. Like they're you know what I mean. Like they have dug them. Like this is the worst possible hole you can be in. Like no team willingly puts themselves in QB purgatory. It's like it, they're they're stuck there because a quarterback ages. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I realize that the situation is what it is, and maybe Russell isn't as good as many people believe he is. I mean, there's, there's some interesting data points like DVOA and his PFF rating from last year to, to look at. And maybe he's not like the cook dude that we saw a few years ago, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're certainly worse off of that and, and they're screwed. I mean, like, I don't think that the NFC West is this big, bad division that we thought it was a year ago. I know the Rams on the Super Bowl, but like, like is the NFC West really scary right now? Like the Cardinals are like, well, you know, the Rams, sure, whatever, but like they're coached by a coward, even though they won the Super Bowl. And the 49ers are dumb enough to like keep dragging this Jimmy Garoppolo thing out, you know? So like it's it's not like this murderer's row the way we thought it was. Not from a quarterback perspective, certainly. Again, it's Stafford. Who's who's the I mean, Kyler's the second best. And then we don't yeah, we don't even know who the 49ers quarterback is. That's the thing, like, okay, Drew Locke sucks, right? Like, mm-hmm. totally with you. But who is closer? to being the best quarterback in their division. Drew Locke or Carson Wentz. Um, like I think the gap is so much larger between 
Carson Wentz. Actually, no, that's that. Yeah, it's a mean question. That's a, that's not fair to Drew Lock or to Carson Wentz or to Matthew Stafford, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough cookies for the Seahawks. Like, and there's no like quick way out of this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Getting like, Baker Mayfield doesn't solve anything. Like, you know, there's speculation mm-hmm. they can get. Okay, what does that really do? Like, it's, he's better than Drew Lock. Yes, yeah, I agree. But like, by what? This is measure? not the same thing. This is not the same thing at all. But Baker to Seattle to me would feel a lot like James Harden to Brooklyn. Like, it would just be this thing that, like, everybody thought was going to happen and, like, going to be awesome and going to work. And then it was just, like, broken and dramatic. Like, that, like that w- would it not eventually end, like, in a similar way? Again, not apples to apples either. But, like, it wouldn't – it's not It's not going to be this, like, click that everyone thinks it's going to be. Yeah, like, the 12s and Baker. Like, did, did, they, <laughs> did they really get along? Did those two things, like, really, like, go hand in hand? I don't know. No. I mean, or Baker and Pete Carroll. You know what I mean? Like, it just is not like I cannot also can't see like Baker in the like digital uniform that the Seahawks wear. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't see it. It doesn't it doesn't vibe. It doesn't jive. It's nothing. It's broken. Don't don't make us watch this. I don't want to see this. All right. Why don't we go back to the NFC East for a second, RJ? Because uh, a lot of this has kind of been like wide receivers or, or positions. But here's one that's a little bit outside of the box. Not like, hey, this team needs this position. I think the Giants. And it's become clear since the offseason began that they need to trade down, as I've been talking about for a while with you on the mixtape and elsewhere, uh, that they must get a 2023 first or even maybe a 2024 first because there's kind of been an arms race for this. We have now five teams, including the Eagles, who have first round picks in 2023. And I think it's clear that, you know, with the Giants not making a run at a veteran quarterback and tearing this thing down, and with all these teams kind of, again, in this competition for potentially getting a quarterback next year, I think they need to get one. And there continues to be buzz that that's going to happen. Last week, Peter King did a like a mock draft in his uh, weekly column, Football Morning in America, where he kind of he had the Chargers moving up and the Giants trading down. And today, in today's column, he wrote that, quote, I believe Joe Shane of the Giants for, Giants, for instance, wants to come out of this draft with an extra first-round pick next year, even if it cost him this year's seventh overall pick. And I absolutely think they have to do that. Uh, we've kind of been talking last week, RJ, after the Saints made the trade with the Eagles, that maybe the Giants can move back and get 16 and 19 this year. But I don't think that's it. I think they need to get a first-round pick in either 2023 or, like again, maybe bow out of that because so many teams have it and be like, well, maybe we should just target 2024. Yeah, I I think it's weird how, like, public the Giants are. Because like, they're clearly, like, leaking this or talking about this. Like, they really, really, really want this. And, like, this isn't the way to make this happen. Like, you know, like, come on, trade up with us. You know, somebody like, no, dude, like, this this is, <laughs> you know, and this is not the year to happen. Obviously, that's why the Giants, like, don't want to have this pick. Like, this is not the year. or And you're not in the situation to do it. Um I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they need to stay competitive, right? Like, they're in a division where the Eagles are loaded up for the future. The Cowboys, obviously, are the best team in the division right now. Thankfully, they'll always have Washington to kind of kick around the way everybody does. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, it, I don't know that it's a failure if the Giants don't trade out or don't pick up a 2024 first, but it's definitely, like, not getting the most juice out of this, like, lemon, so to speak, or orange, I guess, is the better analogy. I think it is a failure. Well, maybe Apple, because they theoretically play in new york how do you even get apple juice out of apples like it's great like, question it's 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 not the same thing I think you like, it up, like, but not like you know by your hand there's like a process obviously no but like I, you i can understand like how orange juice like comes to be you know what i mean like squeezing it, it, it out it of the sense. orange 
right but like there's no way like that sounds gross like and then like how do you decide once you mush up the apple what's worthy of juice and what's worthy of sauce you know what i'm saying like hmm. always liked when my uh basketball coach in high school would say squeeze the orange as a way to you know be like hey hold on to the ball it's a good little good little uh quip there uh unrelated but uh going back to the giants i'm I'm almost thinking rj yeah that they well first of all they have to because what's the daniel jones contingency plan like because what if, what if he doesn't work out? And by the way, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him in his fifth-year option. I believe that decision is coming up pretty soon, I think within a month. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that. But I, And I almost wonder, like, I know it sounds kind of lame and maybe maybe even too long. long like, it's lame if you're a Giants fan and too long-term thinking. But again, I almost wonder if you have to bow out of next year because it's going to be so competitive that, like, maybe you, you should be like, I feel like most teams would want to get the first-round pick next year, let's say, kind of like the Eagles did. And then the tw- in the second round pick the year after that, I'm almost wondering if the Giants should do the reverse and like go for the second round pick next year and get the first round pick again in 2024, just because then maybe they'll be the leaders at that point. I mean, maybe that's thinking too far ahead, but I think that's where the Giants need to be. They need to be thinking long term. They do, uh, but there's a lot of teams in that camp, right? Like it's weird. Like I don't know that there's any true like middle ground teams except for maybe like the Titans. You know what I mean? Like th- there's either like teams that are contenders and teams that are not. And so the Titans like have a little bit like of a more identifiable ceiling. Um, actually, the team that is perpetually stuck in the middle, and you kind of shifted the focus of like needs that have been created into a more ambiguous space. Um, this is really ambiguous, and this is kind of lame, but I'm okay with that. Mm. Um, the Cardinals need to do something, like anything. Like they need to win. They need to have some sort of success like the cardinals are like but they have created that this offseason and like that's not only them that they've they've like been or that's responsible for that but like okay so right now our like current moment is obsessed with the fact that debo samuel unfollowed the niners on instagram right like this is like the move now right like you got to break up on instagram with your team i want to know the hit rate on those by the way everyone always loves to bring those up and i feel like that happens way more and nothing ever comes of it than actually something does come of it i'm glad you brought that up so I think the hit rate is an important question, but the hit rate relative to level of stardom, right? Like if, you know, who was the the Falcons receiver you couldn't pronounce? Like if, if yeah. he unfollows the Falcons on Instagram, like it's not really like, you know, it's not an important thing. But like Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals and like what happened? Like he just is there. Like I don't think we're talking enough about it. Like he's there holding an L. You know what I mean? Like all the other stars, that, uh, so to speak, that did that like won, right? Like everybody else who did that, that is a notable player got what they wanted that did not happen to kyler murray so now kyler's pissed the cardinals are pissed the only people who are not pissed are cliff kingsbury and steve Kahn, right because they got brand new deals why like i don't understand why this is the case for the cardinals and like they're in this weird you know again purgatory where they're kind of good but they're not good and they really failed like we have also kind of forgotten about just how bad the cardinals were to end the season last year like what have they done like what 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 reason is there to believe that like the Cardinals are going to be any good this year and if they're not and i've been talking about this on the nfc's mixtape and the look ahead with stats like kyler is going to be the aaron Rodgers or russell wilson of next year it's going to be i got to get out of here they didn't do anything he's going to be the answer for the giants or the eagles or whoever has the multiple first round pick draft capital that can pull off the trade in 2023 that we saw all throughout 2022 yeah have they not peaked already like how much better is it going to get than it did at the beginning of last year like like what is going to go on that is going to lead you on this great run like kyler is gonna make this giant leap 
in the midst of all this kind of like dysfunction and, and low key wanting out and the team, maybe not believing it. Like it just doesn't. Seem... And he's going to not that they should have paid him that much, but like he's going to do it without Christian Kirk. Like we talked yeah. about, you know, receivers that are gone. Uh, granted he left in free agency, but like they're only weaker and they were already really, really, really bad. Like JJ Watt, you know, posting photos on Instagram doesn't make them better. Like that's the reverse following or unfollowing a team on Instagram is JJ like trying to hype you up on this. Like that just like that, that has the same impact. Like it's all negative, but it's just, it's, it's lame. But yeah, the Cardinals like they, so I don't know what their like need that they have created is, but it it's like, it's glaring, whatever that need is, but they have created it over the off season by doing nothing. They didn't even, there was, remember there was like chatter that they were going to get new uniforms this off season. They didn't even do that. Like, you know, like, like they're just stuck in lame town. Stuck in lame town. Uh, urgency, I guess, is what they need, if uh, if that's what you want to coin it. It's funny you say that, too, and you brought up this team, because I brought up another team in the NFC that's kind of floating in that same range. How is it not the Minnesota Vikings? And specifically as it relates to Justin Jefferson, because mm. you look at all the wide receiver movement this offseason and these big deals, guess who's in line for the biggest deal of them all? Because Justin Jefferson has been bonkers his first two years, and he's going to be eligible for a contract extension as soon as the 2022 uh, calendar is over. And I know that, you know, obviously he's on the first round option. Like the team has that and obviously the franchise tag, but I don't think that stuff matters. I think Justin Jefferson has all the leverage with how good he's been. And again, the money that these receivers are getting and looking at all these teams, we're just talking about who need receiver help. Like, I think he can bet on himself and be like, I'm going to hold out if you do, if you don't pay me, like you have to pay me because I'm, I know I'm going to beat this thing out in the long run. So I think that the Vikings had to do something. I think there's already kind of been some weird vibes. I think uh, Stats' friend Mike Florio has kind of talked about this. There's kind of been like some weird vibes there with Justin Jefferson and, and being frustrated and how could you blame him when he has a loser at quarterback? So I think the Vikings are kind of in that same boat as the uh, Cardinals where there's a real sense of urgency here. See, this one I disagree on because they did something. They fired their head coach and their general manager. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they are committed to change. Like, unlike the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are just, like, running it back for, like, what reason I don't understand. But, you know, like, they couldn't have feasibly gotten away from Kirk, right? Like, there, there was not a, a feasible path to Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know you love to bang on him, but he is the, he was always going to be the best quarterback that they could have for 2022. So what other improvement could they make? They could – they went out and, like, again – Maybe you feel like this is just doubling down on a bad quarterback, but they, they got a head coach who can unlock seemingly Kirk Cousins in a way that nobody else has. Again, I realize that is a really long pipe dream, but it, it's it's the it's the lemonade that you have to make out of these lemons, I think. And I so I think the Vikings are committed to that. So I, I, I think that they are taking their urgency seriously in a way the Cardinals aren't, at least like if you compare those two situations. Well, yeah, I'm not saying uh, they haven't tried, but I'm saying like they have the results have to happen. Like there's a lot of pressure. There's mm. a lot of urgency here. My I'm, and I agree. I'm just saying they've set themselves up for that to potentially be the case than the Cardinals. You know what I mean? Sure, I mean, relatively, but I think they're in the same boats in terms of the they've been like these teams in the NFC that have clearly been above the bottom and they're not at the top of the draft order or anything, but they're kind of just floating in the middle. They're not actually no one's taking them seriously. No one is scared of the Cardinals. No one is scared of the Vikings. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Again, these are some interesting leads that have been created. Um, I would say, as far as needs that are, are created, if, if we're talking about like expectations and stuff, and I'm happy about this one, but the Buffalo Bills have created this like need to like win it all, right? Like the, the Bills have created this like, okay, it's our time, right? Like that that happens like every year. There's one team who's like they're the all-in team, even though lots of teams like you know make moves and do different things. Like I don't feel like the Broncos are even that team, even though they traded for Russell Wilson. Like there's still some time for those results to like fully take hold. But for the Bills, it's clearly now, right? Like you brought in Von Miller, you re-signed Stephon Diggs. Everybody in the AFC is making moves, but your primary competition or your, your like the thorn in your side in Kansas City got weaker. Like, there's no reason that this shouldn't be it for the Bills, right? Like, who stands in the Bills' way? Like, do we really think the Broncos stand in their way because they traded for Russell Wilson? No. Like, the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I mean, the conference is loaded, so it's hard to say, like, who stands in their way in terms of just... But who 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 really is better than them, conceivably? I mean, like... The, why not the team that just went to the Super Bowl instead of them? The Bengals? Why not the Chiefs? Dude. Why can't the Chiefs be really good again? Why can't the Chargers take your favorite team, take a big step forward with Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack being Frauds. there? Um, the Raiders are a team that exists in the AFC. Uh, I don't know. It's competitive. I, On paper, yes, they should be at the top or have a strong case to be that team. And that's that's what the, the need that has been created by them is the need to cash in, right? Like that's it. Like this is this is your time. This is the moment for the Bills. This is this is like when has the hype ever been this high around the Bills since like the mid nineties? It hasn't. You know, like they, they have created that in a good way. Like I'm not faulting them for this, but like yeah. if you don't do it now, then the, you know, like we look back on a lot of players and teams and we say like that was the best version of them. It's very possible we look back on 2022 and say that was it, the Bills, that, that nucleus was never as good as it was that particular season. Well, kind of to take it back to where Sean McDermott came from once upon a time in Philly, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of those early 2000s runs with Donovan McNabb. It's like, okay, they're getting close, they're getting close, but you have to get over the hump at some point. And obviously the Bills know a thing or two about not getting over the hump where you go to. Dude, and they even like, to, sorry, just to add to this, they even got a rule changed to like, <laughs> you know, aid in their, like, are the Bills not going to lose a playoff game because of this? Like, but no, oh, that would hurt me so badly. But like, imagine the Bills play the Chiefs in in like a, the playoff game and they score first and then Kansas City scores first <laughs> and then they punch. You gotta change the that rule would be back. really funny. That would be really funny, all things considered. Um, but yeah, so the Bills have created a need of like win now. I have another one if you are sure. down to hear it. And then I have one more. Okay, uh, and then we'll get to Rachel's and then we'll hand out MF double MVP since everybody's waiting with bated breath. Um, the Colts. Your favorite team. You love to talk about the Colts. And you also like to say no one is hard on them. I, what are you talking about? I ripped them for the Carson Wentz trade from day one. I'm like, this is dumb. That's not, that's so not the same stupid. thing. No, you were you were always like, like biased uh, against that because of Carson Wentz. Like you didn't, it wasn't That's anything about true. the Colts. You were just ripping them because they were the team attached to Carson Wentz. It had nothing to do with the Colts. That's not true. Um, I said Frank Reich was being incredibly overrated from this whole standpoint. It wasn't just about Wentz. See, like I think the Colts have created this need of like, you need to be competent. I don't trust the Colts to be competent anymore. I don't try. And like they have created a need for Matt Ryan to be great. 
you know what I mean? Like, if Matt Ryan's not great, then this is a failure. Like, it's not even if he's good, then it's fine. No, if he's not great, this is a failure. They have put this enormous amount of pressure on Matt Ryan to be their savior. And that's not a wise bet to make. And I feel for Matt Ryan. I'm happy for him. I think he's in a better position to do that in Indianapolis than he was in Atlanta with uh, Mr. Zacchaeus over there. But, I mean, you like... You can't say his first name either. <laughs> You've been winning no, but, it. No, but, like, is that, is that, have they not created that pressure? Like, Matt Ryan has to come in and be better... Not that it would be difficult. Oh, actually, I think it will be difficult for him to be better than Carson Wentz last year. Not that Carson was awesome, but Matt Ryan is not in a position right now in his career to be better than that. I think it is mostly going to be a lateral move for them as far as quarterback play. In fact, I think you can make an argument, and I know you don't like this, that this is regression from an athletic standpoint at the quarterback position for Indianapolis. Carson makes horrible decisions. I am not going to sit here and stand for Carson Wentz, but is he not a better athlete than Matt Ryan right now? Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, does he not have more mobility? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Matt Ryan, you you are regressing in that standpoint. Like, he's a better leader, and there's obviously a, a ton of value to that and, and a ton of value to getting rid of this person who was, like, this, you know, negative energy and negative presence in your locker room. But, man, I mean, they have by, – by going out as far as they have to, like, run over Carson Wentz and back up over and over and over again with, you know, uh, Chris Ballard having done it, Frank Reich having done it, Jim Mercy being like, we had to get rid of it. Like they have subsequently created this intense pressure for Matt Ryan to save them. And that is what they have always done with their quarterbacks. And like people like don't give them enough flack for that. They did that with Peyton Manning. Be our savior. Please save us, Peyton. Andrew Luck, be our savior. We don't have an offensive line for you, but save us. Phillip Rivers, come in, save us. Carson Wentz, come in, save us because we're just so unfortunate. We, we caught all this bad luck with Andrew Luck retiring. Matt Ryan, come in and save us. Like the Indianapolis Colts shouldn't even be a team. It's just the Indianapolis quarterbacks who have to save us. They once weren't a team. Um, uh, <laughs> it used to be in a different market. Uh, I agree with you on the luck thing, which I think is an important point that you bring up a lot. Cause I think a lot of people are like, well, Andrew luck retired. It's like, okay, that's been a long time now. And like, you've had time and look, I get that's hard. And you know, sometimes when you have a really good, or, or, it's hard. Like look at Cleveland, look at, you know, these teams that have struggled for years and years. Or look at Denver. Like and, I, I, speaking of like Peyton Manning, like they couldn't get it right after he retired. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, it's a real thing. I get it's It's hard, but like, Chris Ballard gets credit a lot as one of the best DMs in the NFL. So figure it out. Like you have to figure it out at some point and they clearly haven't. And they, it's not even like, Hey, like they made some good bets and they just didn't happen to work out. Like, Hey, like they took on, let's like, you know, let's say they took on Carson Wentz after his 2017 season for some reason, which they, that wouldn't happen. But let's say they did like, that would be a good bet, right? Like he's coming off an MVP kind of year. Like, okay, you could see it, but like, you can't even see what they're doing here. And with Matt Ryan, I mean, how is this just not Phillip rivers redux? Like, He'll have some good games. They'll probably make the playoffs or at least like be in position to do that. But how is this putting them over the hump? And they didn't. And they're kind of just wallowing in the middle. Um, and what's the upside? What is, what is what is there to really be excited about? I think the best case scenario for them, I think the way they think about it is like we can beat the 49ers kind of of the AFC. And we don't have an elite quarterback, but our offense can be elite while we have this quarterback here and it, it's everything else will work out. The defense will rely on Jonathan Taylor. It'll all work out. See, I disagree with that. I don't even think that that, like, I think that's given them too much credit. I think that they just think 
if we like Matt Ryan beats the Raiders, Matt Ryan beats the Jaguars. Like it's literally that like hyper focus for them. And like they're not I've you say you bring up all the time how I bring this up. The 2015 Cowboys acted as if they could pick right back up where Des caught at Lambeau Field. You cannot build your team that way. You do not get to just like, you know, okay, the Bengals, like you were talking about them a minute ago. Like, oh cool, they signed a bunch of offensive linemen. They'll just win the Super Bowl. No, it doesn't work like that. Like that like Jamar Chase might not be as amazing this year. Joe Burrow might regress. Like a billion different things. Like it's so impossible. And so what if Darius Leonard regresses what if DeForest Buckner regresses what if Paris Campbell doesn't take uh, a leap or or, or, yeah what if Michael Pittman doesn't take a leap what if John yeah Jonathan Taylor like do we really think that Jonathan Taylor is going to have even a remotely similar season next year like the only outlier in that respect is Derrick Henry in that division and he's one of one over the last however even like Zeke Elliott who was like oh that's the dude like he regressed like almost instantaneously you know and so like it's going to be this matter of like Jonathan Taylor's not you know spitting out 200 yards a game and the and Colts fans are going to be like man what's the problem the problem is that you dug this hole yourselves like this is so stupid the Colts shouldn't exist I'm so upset that they do <laughs> you should make that the podcast title Rachel or, or RJ <laughs> the Colts shouldn't exist uh to shoehorn an Eagles thing in here Teams definitely do think of that way, by the way. And obviously you brought it up with the Cowboys, but like we can just pick up where we left off last year. And I remember specifically this being like a big talking point, but kind of both externally and internally for the Eagles after they drafted Jalen Hurts in very shocking fashion uh, in the 2020 NFL draft. They were like, well, what if we had Jalen Hurts instead of Josh McCown? And I'm like, tell me, so if you have a rookie quarterback that you took in the second round, like you're going to go on a title run? I mean, sure, maybe you beat the Seahawks, uh, in that game, in the wild card round, in in the twenty, 20- you're talking about 2019. The, the last season. game they played before that, draft, yeah. Right? Like, like okay, maybe you win that game, but then what? Like, you're not going on a title <laughs> run, probably, like because you have a better backup quarterback. So teams 100 get so laser focused on like why their season ended, and if we can fix that one thing, then everything else will be static and it'll be great. And no, it doesn't work like that. And but that's what the Colts have done with Carson Wentz, the leader. Again. I, I know you don't want to agree with this, but like Carson Wentz, the player, and Matt Ryan, the player, are not too far apart. They're not. But the Colts think, oh, if, if we just get rid of this, like, this dude who wouldn't get vaccinated, this bad energy, whatever, blah, blah, like, we're better. No, it doesn't work that way. Like, that's, like, that's not how football works. Matt Ryan is not 2016 Matt Ryan at this point. It's been, do you realize it's been six years? Like, I like to play a game where I look at the, like, time of something and, like, play about so like it's been six years since that 2016 season for matt ryan that mvp year the same amount of time it exists now six years as existed at that point in time from the green bay packers winning the super bowl it's like six years ago when matt ryan was mvp was was mike mccarthy winning the super bowl it's been a long time you know what i mean like it's it's he's just not that dude anymore and it's okay like that's life that's just time but you cannot lie to yourself and lie to your fans and convince yourself that like carson was the problem and you've now found the magic elixir uh, you like Survivor, RJ, and I like Survivor, so I'm sure you wow. like analogy. You gave me the credit. I'm the Survivor guy. You're not, just to be very clear. That was on you. I mean, Survivor okay. guy, who Jeff Probst has referenced before, is a whole other thing, but we won't get into right, that right, right. here. Um, but how about an analogy for you, unlike our, our – our, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but unlike someone who may have been voted off uh, recently and said he wasn't an analogy person um, – it's kind of like a Rubik's cube, right? Because it's like, okay, we can get this one side lined up all red, but then all the other sides are still messed up. Like it's not like you solve the whole puzzle now just because you got the one side right. Um, so that's kind of where my mind was at with that. Uh, I have one more. Are you ready for it? I'm always ready. Okay. So we mentioned the 49ers earlier and obviously Rob Statskura listens to these episodes and listens to this far deep in, especially. So I'm sure he's appreciating me bringing this up and we'll definitely know that I did yesterday without me drawing his attention to it specifically. But uh 49ers 
what's changed for them since the offseason began. Like, don't bring Jimmy back just because he's around. Like, it seems like they're they're like, well, he's here, and we maybe we couldn't get what we want because of the injury and everything. No, like you can't, you can't just be like, well, we should just bring him back. We all know there's a ceiling here. We all know it's just wasting time. Like, can the 49ers have success with Jimmy G? Yes, we've seen it. But like, again, you're not getting over the hump, or at least there's a pretty good chance you're not. And I think there's some interesting conversation to be had about Trey Lance. And it kind of reminds me something of how everyone thought it was so unconscionable that Andy Dalton was playing over Justin Fields last year, which I agree with in the standpoint of you should be thinking about the long term. But I can understand how a coach who's on the hot seat and is thinking short term is like, hey, this guy is better right now, at least in my mind. And he's obviously that Matt Nagy was obviously wrong about that. But the point is, sometimes these young quarterbacks are really bad. And just because they're drafted high doesn't necessarily mean they're good. And I, I think absolutely the fact that Jimmy G is still there and everything does speak to potentially legitimate concerns about Trey Lance. But with that said, Jimmy G can't be back. I think that. So people are focused on Jimmy got shoulder surgery or whatever, and like that, that like you know tanked his trade value, whatever. Like, and honestly, smart play from Jimmy. Like, I think that's really smart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, play the game, man. Like, you do you. Look out for you. You know, get the bag, whatever. Um, This whole thing, I think people miss the boat on. This should serve as an example as to why when you're going to do that, when you're going to move up and and draft Trey Lance like the 49ers did, you got to get rid of Jimmy then. You have to because the longer you hold on to him, the longer the problem festers and it's created and guys in the locker room bond with him and like will fight for him, whatever. You only create more problems by keeping the veteran around. If the 49ers had moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo a year ago, would they have made the NFC Championship game? Probably not, right? Like we're both willing to say like Trey Lance was not that good. Was it worth it? Was it worth it to lose the NFC Championship game like to the Rams of all people in their building so they could go on to win the Super Bowl? You could have the would-be interception haunt you for the rest of your lives. That you know, like was that worth it to watch Jimmy Garoppolo be the reason that you lost to live all that frustration out or would you have much rather had a year of service and a year of growth for Trey Lance because you like this was different than Matt Nagy to your point. Like you knew Kyle Shanahan was a great play caller, great head coach. Like you should have devoted all the time and energy last season towards that and let Jimmy go somewhere else. Like you could have gotten so much more for Jimmy back then than you could have now. There's a level of arrogance to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's approach here that is continually biting them in the butt, not just with how Jimmy plays, but now, I mean, like and John Lynch, like that's another GM, just like the Giants that loves to talk to Peter King and loves to talk to people. And he was the one like, oh yeah, I had a second round pick in hand and I turned it down because I love Jimmy. He's better than that. No, the whole world has told you he sucks. Like he's not this good. Like you're wrong and just admit it. Just fess up. I don't understand why the Niners are in this position. And now Debo Samuels, I think properly taking advantage of the position and saying, Hey man, you know, you're stuck. I want to get paid. So make a decision. I mean, the 49ers are in a really bad place. I don't think it's highlighted enough how kind of badly the 49ers offseason is going. I know it's kind of antithetical to the NFL in terms of Every team has a chance every year because of the cyclical nature of the league and parity and whatnot. But the way I think, and I think teams should think, is that like, you can't win the Super Bowl every season. And like building to like building a team over the long term by trying to win the Super Bowl as much as you can each year is not necessarily the best way to win a championship. I think teams think the complete opposite, and we have to compete now. And obviously, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not a head coach with you know maybe my job on the line it's easy for me to, to be here and say that but like I just think last year was the chance to kind of like take a step back and kind of reset and kind of figure out where you are at with Trey Lance 
as opposed to kind of maximizing what you could do again last year and then capping out at that ceiling. And it's so ridiculous that Jimmy G is on their roster right now and they can either trade him or just cut him to save $25.5 million. Like that, and with only $1.4 million in dead money. Like that's such a no-brainer. You can use that cap space, which rolls over in so many different ways. You can get some good players or to have or to give to Debo. Like there's so many better uses of that money that you could you could do things with. And it's so crazy that like, I feel like stats has to be getting nervous. I We made a bet. I don't know if you know. I mean, obviously you do know this because you listen to the off-day debrief, the oddcast every week. And stats has to jump into a lake if Jimmy G takes a snap with the 49ers this season. And it feels like there's a non-zero chance it could happen. Waiting, waiting for someone to get hurt in training camp is not a real strategy. That's not, you can't just count on that. No, the Eagles got incredibly lucky in 2016 that, and it's awful. And you, I mentioned this on the look ahead recently, you wrote an incredible article. Uh, it's like kind of like butterfly effect moment about what happened when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt and how it set all these different wheels in motion. And like, yeah, that could happen, but it probably won't. And it's actually kind of horrible to hope that it does happen. Um, you know, that somebody's injured, like beyond repair to where the, that team would have to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I mean, the, to get to the premise of this episode, it's a self-dug hole. This is not only a self-dug hole this offseason. They, they dug this hole last year. Like, how how could you have traded up for Trey Lance with the, like, premise of Jimmy Garoppolo still being your starter two seasons later? It, it's, it's not a real thing that you could have done. It's not like, you know, sometimes quarterbacks fall, right? Like, if you're, you know, I don't know, like – if, like Aaron Rodgers, when that when that when he fell to the Packers, like okay, you got to take him. Like you're in this spot where your quarterback's old or whatever. Like the value's there, take him, and you just figure it out because that kind of fell in your lap. You did not dig that hole. Obviously, the Packers dug the Jordan Love hole. You know, most recently, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, like they drafted him, their starter got hurt. You know what I mean? Like the situation just unfolded. That was not a self dug hole with the awkwardness of Tony Romo. Everything about this, including Jimmy's presence on the roster from the initial point back in, what was it, 2017, is a self-dug hole. This is a situation the 49ers have created upon themselves. It is kind of the same thing, but it's opposite of Andrew Luck, right? Like the Colts are like, well, Andrew Luck retired. We've been stuck ever since. The 49ers are basically like, yeah, well, we've been stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo ever since we got him and we gave him the big contract. Those are all decisions that you made. Like you traded for him. You paid him. You traded up to draft Trey Lance. You had him in there. You you have created all this awkwardness and tension. The 49ers should not exist either. <laughs> that I mean, I think you should just name the, the podcast that these team, these are the teams that shouldn't exist in the NFL. People will like that. Fans will really um, get on board with that. Well, that's that's a no for Rachel, and it's time now to get Rachel's uh you know hole that a team dug that uh happened over the course of the offseason. Our fantastic producer Rachel Prevet on Twitter at Rachel Monique. Rachel, what do you have for us today? Yes, so I'm going to go with the like the young quarterback approach to a tongue of Iloa. I feel like looking at the Miami Dolphins, this is, there's a need for him to step up to the plate this season. Like they did what was necessary in order to surround him with the necessary tools, you know, in order to be successful, like they literally loaded the roster for him. So this is kind of like a make it or break it year for him. In my opinion, like there's no excuse that you shouldn't be able to take reins, you know, from the jump and take control of this roster in order to at least have some type of success. Like you have Tyreek Hill on this roster. Now they have, uh, who else? Teron Armstead that they brought on literally like so many players. So I think that this is going to be like a lot of pressure on Tua, but you know, it's a good thing. Like he has some good offensive weapons. So now he just has to step up to the plate. Yeah. It's a good hole. It's like, um, 
like those natural like what are they like hot springs or whatever like in the ground you know what i mean like in the jungle like it's a good hole to be in, not a bad hole like the other holes other teams are in you know like that makes sense yeah. you know what i mean it's it's a hole it's gross but it's still a good hole nonetheless yeah do you, do you agree brandon <laughs> yes uh love the imagery there uh the dolphins are an interesting spot to me because you know obviously they started out terribly last year and they came back on and everyone was like well, okay, maybe two is making some strides, but others were like, okay, you look who they played in that second half, and there's a lot of not-so-amazing teams, so can they actually take a step forward, or are they kind of just this middling team? And has there been a team that has, like, believed less in their young quarterback for seemingly a very long time than the Dolphins have not believed in Tua between Deshaun Watson? The Niners for Trey Lance. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, like, yes. But, like, you know, isn't that kind of weird? Is that, like, a, a bigger trend, or is this, you know, what's going on with that? We don't pretty, know. Pretty harrowing. Um, while the Eagles never believed in Carson Wentz, they never gave him a proper chance. I mean, they drafted Jalen Hurts and set him up for failure. Everybody knows that. Um, so uh, it is what it is. Uh, Rachel, normally we vote on the MF double MVP, but today, because it is special, you are going to choose who wins MF double MVP today here on Monday Football Monday. I'm going to give it to BLG because. I think he made it interesting when he switched. <laughs> First, it was like only like, oh, we're giving it to because of this player. And then he switched in mm. with, with the Giants yes. with that take. And then it kind of made things more interesting. So I'm giving it to BLG. Rachel, the check is You know what? Nail. BLG Thank deserves you. it. Yeah. BLG, BLG deserves it. I'm really happy for him. Again, the spirit of the award is to hand it out to whoever deserves it. And I'm I'm glad that Brandon could finally win a real award on a real show here on the Espionation NFL show. That's, you know, Stats I'm and happy I both him. have this award now, which. Uh, yeah, I'm happy about. Again, like, I don't know about you, but like, I'm all about like love and and good energy, good vibes across all the Espionation NFL show. I hope Kyle Posey and Justice Mosqueda win some, and, and Kate Modric. I hope everybody gets an MF double MVP at this I might turn it down. Just you know how like uh, I forget what year what? Uh, Olympic team. Was... Look at that! Look at that, Rachel. Think about. I'm that. thinking think about, about it. That. Wait, you know how the uh... the fact that he's even thinking about it. Think about it. This is this the decision you made. Well, because you Come like on. it, I can't. No, I, I respect it. I'm very honored by Rachel. But the fact that RJ, you enjoy it, I can't enjoy that. And I'm sorry that I'm happy for people being happy. Like, what do you want me to be? Like, I'm I'm not this mean spirited person. It reminds me. I think I can't remember the year, but there's an Olympic team out there that like kind of got screwed. And uh, I think there was the U.S. losing to Russia. Uh, Doug Collins, I believe, was on that team. And they actually rejected the go- uh, silver medals that they got because they believed they won the gold by, like, uh, like indisputable proof. So they got the, they were, okay, well, you didn't. You got the silver. But they're like, no, we're not even going to accept that because we actually should have won. The- so I'm weighing my decision. I'll give the <laughs> verdict on the oddcast so people can listen in. Mm, nobody okay, will listen. Okay. Um, but, uh, Rachel, you still win uh, MF double MVP in my book uh, nice. just because you always manage everything on the fly. It's a fantastic job, always. Uh, Brandon, thank you for filling in a phenomenal performance. Seriously, great job. Today's Monday Football Monday Most Valuable Player. Rightly so, earned, not given. Uh, do you have anything else that you would like to say before we leave? Check out the NFC East mixtape, baby. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, last thing. You, you, this is, these are going to be last words, and then we're going to sign off. Uh, what is something you are excited to eat this week? Go. Pizza. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.